When it comes to maximizing time in the uplands, without fail, Onyx Hunt is my most valuable tool. From planning my next hunt through a new bird cover to navigating in the field, Onyx Hunt is truly with me wherever I go. With detailed mapping and satellite imagery, along with a multitude of map layers from land access to forestry and habitat information and easy-to-use tools to mark, measure, and catalog important information, Onyx Hunt seamlessly integrates digital scouting with boots-on-the-ground time in the field. With offline mapping and Apple CarPlay integration, you are free to explore the wild landscapes our beloved upland birds inhabit. Planning your next move in the uplands begins with knowing where you stand, and for me, that starts and stops with Onyx Hunt. Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your Onyx Hunt subscription. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Project Upland Podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. This episode of the show, we're talking to Jerry Havel of Upland Gun Company and Pine Ridge Grouse Camp. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 139. podcast is presented by onyx hunt creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters use the promo code pup20 to save 20 percent on your onyx hunt subscription know where you stand with onyx and by yukonuba premium performance dog food if you want to get the most out of your dog you need nutrition that holds nothing back to help unleash your dog's maximum potential check out the new yukonuba premium performance lineup at yukonubasportingdog.com and by CZ USA, shotguns designed with the Upland Hunter in mind, from the Bob White and Sharptail side-by-sides to the Upland Ultralight and Wing Shooter Elite over and unders. And if you've been eagerly awaiting the launch of the Project Upland CZ USA crowdsource shotgun, I've got good news for you. Tune in next week to hear all about it and learn how you can get your hands on one of the guns. More to come. Tune in next week and visit cz-usa.com for more.
and by Garmin, makers of navigation tools, electronics, dog training, collars, GPS tracking. They've got wearables like the Phoenix Watch, the Instinct Watch. You can track your dogs via the Garmin Alpha Astro 515 Plus. Garmin's making some high-quality stuff. I've been using it for years. I'm more excited to have them as a partner on the Project Up Podcast. Learn more at Garmin.com. And by Sage and Breaker, makers of gun cleaning products that protect legacies. The legacy of your firearm, the legacy of the sport, and the legacy of passing both down to future generations. Sage and Breaker lives, breathes, and makes everything at the highest caliber possible, and they are proud to pass that caliber of craftsmanship on to you. Learn more at SageandBreaker.com. And finally by Dakota 283 Kennels, unparalleled protection one piece rotomole design frame steel door and the new dakota guard antimicrobial protection an fda and epa approved additive that is included in small quantities during the product's production which results in highly effective protection against some really nasty stuff that could end up in your dog's kennel just another way that dakota 283 is committed to keeping your pet safe Check it out and learn more at dakota283.com. All right, for this week's winner of the podcast giveaway, we are circling back to our episode that we did a couple of weeks ago with Dogtra and Onyx. We had listeners of that show go to the website, submit answers to a couple of questions that we asked our guests, and one lucky winner has been selected to receive a Dogtra TNB dual system, a one-year subscription to Onyx Elite, and a Project Upland Magazine subscription. That winner is Josh Ritter. He was respondent number 181 of a few hundred responses. The random number generator selected Josh, and he fortunately answered the questions right. Some people did not, although Josh was the first selection by the random number generator. So he is a winner of that killer giveaway package. I'd like to thank Josh for listening to the podcast and everybody else that listened and submitted their entries. And if you didn't win this week, keep on listening because we've got another unique giveaway to do in conjunction with our guest today, which happens to be Jerry Havel of Pine Ridge Grouse Camp. You might remember a longtime partner of ours on the podcast, but also Upland Gun Company, a newly formed importer of shotguns in the U.S. Jerry and his business partner, Dan, have been working on this for a few years. Earlier this year, they launched the website. They started taking orders last fall. They are now continuing to take orders. They've had a lot of interest, and I was really excited to get Jerry on the podcast to share with the listeners more about Upland Gun Company, the things that they are specializing in, the things that they hope to deliver to a lot of the people listening to this show, Upland Bird Hunters. I got to see some of these guns last fall. I actually carried one on my trip to North Dakota. I will hopefully be carrying another one this fall. I really love what I've seen so far, and I think you're going to be interested in what Jerry has to say about Upland Gun Company. And heck, you might even be carrying one later this fall. Before we jump into the interview, I want to mention a giveaway that Jerry and I mentioned during our interview, but I'm going to give you the details right now. Upland Gun Company will be giving away a free gun fitting, courtesy of one of their gun fitters within their network. They've got a few of them around the country. We're going to have folks listen to this episode, and just like we did with our previous giveaway, find this episode post on the website, projectupland.com. Look for the listen section, Project Upland Podcast. Find this episode number 139. Look for a link that tells you to enter the giveaway. You'll be directed to a quick survey that will have a couple of questions, your email so you can be contacted, and the state that you live in. That's it. Submit that via the giveaway link, and in a couple of weeks, I will do another random number generator and select somebody to win a free gun fitting courtesy of Upland Gun Company. We're going to jump into our interview with Jerry Havel in just a moment, but first, we're headed to the Project Upland listener inbox. All right, this week we've got a quick 
email from a listener of the podcast. George from Arizona writes in, Hi Nick, I sure enjoy your podcast. Great job. Keep it up. I wanted to suggest another Project Upland and Backcountry Hunters and Anglers film collaboration, Public Quail. I love the Public Grouse film and am looking forward to the Waterfowl film, which is 2,000 Miles, an upcoming endless migration film in conjunction with BHA. Check that out if you haven't seen it. Back to George. I haven't talked to the BHA folks about it, but I thought I would send you an email first. I'm actually on the border right now hunting Merns, Gambles, and Scalies with my father having a great time. This email was back from January when the AZ quail season was still open. George, I'd like to thank you for that email. And as I let him know back in January, we've had a bunch of people suggest that we do Public Quail as one of our next films. And I can assure you that project is on the drawing board as a potential future project. Nothing set in stone, but after the initial success of Public Grouse, everybody on the Project Up and Team started thinking about what was next. And Public Quail is certainly a possibility. Time will tell. We'll see. Thanks, George, for writing into the Project Upland listener inbox. I encourage folks, I encourage other folks to email me, share a hunting story with us, share some feedback on the podcast, leave us a review, leave us a rating. We appreciate it. You can email me at nick.larson at northwoodscollective.com. And with that said, let's welcome into the conversation and onto the Project Upland podcast of Upland Gun Company, Jerry Havel. We're recording on-site Piner's Grouse Camp. How you doing, Jerry? Nick, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me out to the camp today. You already ran your dogs once, and we're going to run them again, so life is good. We didn't find any We didn't find any stray pigeons in the field this morning, but <laughs> maybe we could plant a few this afternoon. Yeah, a couple of robins, maybe. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful day here at Pine Ridge Grouse Camp, somewhere in northern Minnesota in the middle of grouse country. Have you seen any woodcock this far north yet, Jerry? Uh, we saw some this weekend, believe it or not. Really? We had some good south winds come in, and we saw a bunch of robins. And uh, I put up one woodcock this weekend uh, in between shooting and getting stuck in the mud, as you saw. Yeah, it's a little rutted out so, there. So uh, Miss Kit found one as our inaugural first run of the grouse season and uh, slammed on a little male and uh, let him go. Excellent. So life is good, like I said. There's a few remnant snow piles out there. We've melted a lot of it over the last couple of days. It was pretty nice. Lots of dog piles out there. Yeah. That's the yeah. worst thing yeah. about when the snow melts, it's like all this work we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. The, a nice, nice fresh snowfall really hides a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, how many dogs are running around this place right We're now? We're running, uh, we got about 12 right now with uh, one retired one who you see on the couch, yep. Big Al. And uh, we got some good guys, good, good, uh, good English pointers coming up. And, uh, we got a pretty good A, a team that had a good fall last year. So, uh, like I said, that's a pretty good number for a guide string. And uh, we're always looking to improve. So, we got a, hopefully got a litter plan here next couple months with Kit and uh, okay. some frozen semen out of an old LU dog distinction. So, that's kind of the – we're kind of waiting for her to come in. But, uh, yeah, we got a pretty good string right now. We're happy with that. Did you do a litter last summer? I did not okay. uh, due to uh, – to our world quarantine yeah. and uh, just didn't think it was appropriate. Did one the year before. Uh, a couple of my guides have those dogs. They turned out real well, Kyle and a couple others. But uh, okay. plan on having one this summer with Kit. Yeah, so. good deal. Well, speaking of the dogs and last year, how was the fall here at Pine Ridge? Uh, it was a year of really three different seasons. Yep. COVID being one. <laughs> And I will, uh, I'll address that, that it, for anybody that has this type of business, it was a struggle. Yeah. Um, and, and not so much with, uh, 
with last minute cancellations, you know, guys getting COVID. Yeah. I had one guy get COVID on a sharp tail hunt in Montana and couldn't come. And, you know, just trying to juggle everybody around and people concerned from traveling in. And so we dealt with that the best we could and, and, and worked through that. And then the grouse season was phenomenal up until the 18th of October. First snow. And, uh, I mean, we had, we had a really good fall. And we have a couple guys have chances at limits. We had some guys that have been hunting with us for a long time, older guys coming back with two, three birds every day. Uh, there are a lot of birds and a lot of contacts, so that was cool. And then the 18th hit, and pipes froze in the cabins. The woodcock <laughs> literally got up and left that night. Yeah. Uh, the grouse shut down for four or five days. And then they, they, it came back, and we finished off pretty strong. But overall, it was, a, it was a really great it was a great year. I think we've had two back-to-back good winters. Yeah. And, and you know we do a lot of stuff in the spring, woodcock banning-wise, so we're in the woods a lot in the spring yep. and saw a lot of healthy birds the last two years. And, and, man, if we can get a really good spring this year, the good hatch, I think we're going to have even a better year coming up. So yep. things are looking promising. But good, strong, healthy birds. I think we were running two, three years ago, we were probably running 70% adult birds out of 10. Seven out of 10 were adult birds this past year. It was just the opposite, seven out of okay. ten being immature, so our recruitment was out of this world. Yeah. So that's always good to see, and a lot has to do with, like I said, the winter and the spring yeah. conditions. Yeah, that's good, and we're definitely... And woodcock were good, too. I mean, we, yeah. woodcock are always good, and they're fun, and, and we miss a lot, but uh, they were... Their, their, their numbers, I think, are pretty doing pretty well up here in Minnesota. Yeah, I, uh, the weather definitely kind of messes with the woodcock flight every year i think last year was like you've Early. alluded to it was really weird we that i remember that weekend when the bad weather came through i was in wisconsin but snow and we were covered up and then we eventually climbed our way back out of it and it was you did you deer hunt here last year i i uh i was struck with the covid 19 oh that's when you had it that's so right. i got stuck i got literally quarantined at pine ridge for literally three and a half weeks which bugged me because my buddies were saying, you know, end of November and early December was awesome. Real yep. sunny. Yep. And I'd be getting pictures, wish you were here, <laughs> uh, take Tylenol, here's two birds, and, you know, in a picture. <laughs> so it was kind of brutal that my buddies were kind of being mean to me. But, uh, but no, like I said, November and December were really good bird hunting yeah. up, here, up here this year. Yeah, but it was... It was 70 degrees in November, oh, that deer opener. And yeah, and then, then we did have that really extended period of late season conditions where I don't think you guys ever lost the snow here. Did, well, you would have when it was. Yeah, we, we were snow free after the. Yeah, right. We, we lost it right during deer season. And like I said, it was clean up until we. Right up until we needed snow for the grouse, right, really. Right. So it worked out pretty good. Yeah. Then we, yeah, we've talked about the, the deep freeze that many people experience. But yeah, hopefully the, hopefully we'll be, seeing some grouse in the woods this spring, and we'll have a good, good hatch period for them this off season, and we could be in in store for another good fall. I know that we are. It'll be 2021, so by the by the book, we're kind of past the peak of the rough grouse cycle in Minnesota, but we're still up near the top. Yeah. Are you are you a non-believer? I don't know. I've got we, <laughs> we. It's always a topic of discussion. Yeah. I think there is something to the cycle, but I think with a little bit with the temperature changing and yeah. habitat creation, I, I yeah we do have it, but uh, 
I think a lot of it has to do with, like I said, the, these winters we're having, yeah. the springs we're having, and how that affects the birds. You know, yeah. we're blessed up here with having just great habitat. So mm-hmm. I think our cycle kind of not as deep as some places because we do have the habitat. Yeah, I'm there with you. The cycle's documented. You can see it on paper, but yeah. it's a spring study. And I've always kind of been, or at least more recently, I've been of the belief that, I mean, a really good spring can you might not know where you're at in the cycle because the spring, the hatching conditions, you get a good crop of young birds. I mean, that's what you see in the woods. Yeah. You don't see the spring drumming counts when you're in the woods. No, I mean, we're seeing, I mean, we're seeing big, healthy, strong birds this time of year. Yeah. That had a good winter and made it through. So I think that's a, probably a better, it's a little bit more accurate maybe Yeah. than, than the drumming counts. And, and again, they're the cycles of reality. But like I said, there's so many other variables now yeah. and you can throw the, the whole another topic of West Nile yeah. on it, yep. and and uh, especially out east, I know that's a big concern. When I talk to hunters out east, is what's your, what are you guys doing for West Nile? And it's just like, well, yeah, it's there, but we got we have a lot better habitat than you guys, so I think we can we the animals can adjust and, and Darwin through that more better than you guys can out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of variables, a lot of variables. There are, yeah, and that's probably the probably the point to put on all of that. There's a lot of variables in it. But what's coming up at Pine Ridge? Spring, summer, fall. What do we got for events Spring, that people summer, should be interested fall. in? Yeah. Spring, we are doing uh, Woodcock, Minnesota is doing their annual Woodcock Banding Clinic. This year we're having two weekends okay. um, for people that have already gone through the course and have been certified we're doing a refresher. That's your experience bander if weekend. If you're experienced bander, so we can, obviously, the biggest thing about banding is making sure our dogs are steady yep. and finished and broke. And so we do that in May. Here we put them through some tests and kind of re- regroup everybody, refresh everybody. And then the following weekend, May 14th, 15th, 16th, I think, right around in there, okay. is when we have new people coming in to go through the process of, of, of testing their dogs, getting certified, um, they have to spend time with a certified mentor yep. for the first year. Um, again, make sure that their dog is proven, make sure that they can handle the chicks and uh, learn, learn that way. So it's a really, it's a fun, it's a fun time. You know, we've, we've got an experienced list of banders this year or every year that, like I said, are available to do research studies for a lot of, edu- um, you know, re- research grants. Yep. I think there was one uh, that, that Debbie participated in the couple, last couple of years out of Duluth. Okay. Um, we've helped yeah, with she some, was. Of, yep. some of our other people have helped with some, you know, putting the radio collars on. And um, we did, did some a couple of years ago with the Japanese film crew. That's right. Yep. Um, that was fun. Did you but, see some stuff that came out of that, some videos? Yeah, I, it's pretty amazing. They've okay. got some pretty cool. They've got a full sky dance uh, on camera, okay. which is kind of neat. Very they've very got cool. the courting ship and... And uh, I think there's a link on the website to that. Yeah, and, uh, I'm going to jot that down because... It, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it, it is in Japanese. There are no subtitles. Okay. Uh, I do know it was shown to about 10 million Japanese people on their public television station in Japan. Interesting. It's a little cartoon. They have a little cartoonish in there. <laughs> um, Earl the Pearl Johnson makes a really appearance. And so he looks like <laughs> a movie. He's a movie star in Japan. <laughs> But uh, it, 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 there's some cool video to it, and they did, yeah. they did a really nice job. They got some really cool, never-seen-before stuff, so that was kind of neat. Excellent. Um, and then uh, we're talking about doing some bird watching here with uh, the ABC and Kevin Shepard, who I think has been on your podcast. Yep, yep. And then, that, then we've got... Uh, before, go we, before we go to that, 
I want to on the woodcock banding. It, that's a clinic. You have limited space. Is it fill? Is it full? We've got a couple spaces okay. open. What's really interesting? We've got a we've got a got a kid from Illinois coming up who's a PhD grad student. Uh, some people from Illinois. We've had people from all over the country just yeah. kind of come to experience it. Yep. Um, it's really geared to giving people that experience. But two, if you've got a good, steady, finished dog and want to give back a little bit to some of the science, this is a great way to do that. Um, we've got some great mentors uh, that band in the cities, uh, Twin Cities, south of Minneapolis, uh, up and down. So, yeah, just let us, give me a call or whatever, and we can see what we got for availability because it is limited. Um, it's really a one-to-one ratio student-to-mentor uh, uh, type program, but it's super hands-on, and, and I can't stress enough that the, you know, it's really not about the person. It's about the dog. Yeah. I think you went through it a couple of years ago. I did, and yeah. You saw yeah. how steady we have to have these dogs because, you know, this hen can do anything and everything to protect those eggs and chicks. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's really a dog. Very few dogs. Uh, we have, I mean, oh, God, I can't even tell you. We, we wash out a lot of dogs. I mean, people might have great dogs, but you got to go through this yeah. to be steady to be able to ban. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, like I said, give us a call if you're interested. Okay. You need no prior experience to do that weekend, but you do you have to have a pointing dog? I mean, you you can't you wouldn't do it otherwise, right? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't do it. We we got one people that just they're interested in woodcock and they're just going to come hang out for the weekend and learn. Got it. Um we have had uh you have to have a pointing dog. I think were you here when we had the border collie show up? I don't think so. No. We had somebody that was I don't know what, but uh we, we I got the border collie to point a pigeon for about a second and a half <laughs> and then had to break the news break the news that it wouldn't work. Yeah. But uh yeah, you gotta have a pointing so, dog. So yeah, you have to have a pointing dog to to actually do the woodcock banding in yes. the way that this is done. But if you were if you were just interested in all of it didn't have a dog, don't hesitate. You had a lab, but yeah. you literally love woodcock and yeah. the people that are, are mentoring this program love this goofy little yeah. bird, and that's why we spend a lot of time doing it. So if you just want to come up and learn, hang out at Pine Ridge, see the sky dance. We every every year we have three or four sky dancing birds here. So take part in that. Uh, sit by the fire and swap fall stories, and then go out and band. I mean, yeah, if you don't have a if you got a lab, whatever flusher, yeah, um, bring them. But we can't use them for banding. But we can you can definitely go out and experience you know with with somebody that knows what they're doing. Right, cool, and you can. Check out some guns here too while while they're here, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll a talk bit. about that. In a bit, but uh, <laughs> all right, so moving on to summer. So June, we have uh, rules and aims. I think they call it a NAVDA deal for oh, okay. people, new handlers, a new handler clinic. Okay. We did a test with for, with NAVDA last year, a natural ability and UT test, and that went over well in February, August. So we're going to do a rules clinic up here. So we'll go to the the Minnesota chapter and NAVDA, I think they got all the dates on that. I don't know. I think they got some open spots. Yep. Uh, July, I think there's a wedding. If anybody wants to crash it, like <laughs> wedding crashers, you can do that. Um, and then August, we're doing, uh, then we have the UT and natural ability test with NAVDA again. Okay. Um, we got some judges, I think, coming from all over the country for that. That's kind of, it's good for me to see some German dogs run. I get you get kind of uh, breed focus, <laughs> or I do once in a while. So it's good to see some the better of the other breeds. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of good dogs out there, and that's kind of the neat thing about having the NAVDA events here. We get to see some. Yeah, and this dogs. is a, obviously a great place to have it. You get the grounds and the camaraderie with the yep. hunting camp and everything. So works out good. And then that's in August. Yep. 
And again, I think that's the Minnesota NAVDA chapter. You can go talk to them. I think the thing is full, but I think they, I don't know if they're allowing, I think they have, we had some visitors last year just come and watch. Okay, yeah. And we're set up for that pretty well. And then um, opening weekend of grouse season, which is what, the 18th, I think? Is it that late this year? I, 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 I get this wrong all the time. It's either yeah. the 14th or... It's I, always around there. Yeah. We've been doing it for the last couple of years. Our, uh, basically our upland wing shooting course. And we do have some limited spots available for that. But basically, we show up on a Friday, you know, Thursday night or Friday morning, whatever's convenient. And we basically, myself and my guides, kind of just go A to Z, uh, the basics of grouse and woodcock hunting. Um, we pattern shot, we tell people to bring their shotguns so they can shoot. We can pattern them for them. Touch, you know, most people have not patterned their shotguns. And that's kind of a neat process to uh, yep. to go through. We talk about gear, why we carry the gear we have. We talk about, you know, what gear you have to have for your dog. You, the most popular one is we do a big habitat walk on a property where we kind of go with some of the uh, habitat that we've created here to pr- create a really cool grouse and woodcock space or management area. Yep. Uh, we spend one-on-one time with you and your dog. You know, what we expect in a grouse dog, steadiness to wing, steadiness shot, here's some tips, some basics to go through it. Um, and then you get to spend an afternoon with myself or one of the guides out in the woods, hunting. actually in the cover, hunting, yep. shooting grouse. Um, hopefully. Hopefully. You know, it's a little leafy there, but <laughs> yeah. it's a good time, you know. Yeah. But again, for somebody that is is new into bird hunting, yep. be a great, great tool to, again, get some ideas on what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Yep. Um, I think my favorite one is the first year we did this. This guy slaps me on the arm and says, you guys hunt this? If I saw this, I wouldn't hunt this in a million years. No wonder I'm not getting any birds. <laughs> so it's kind of neat. So if you, you can have no experience whatsoever, and we've had guys with lots of experience. You know, that's a neat thing about, I, I think, upland hunting is you can learn something from everybody. Yeah. New or old. I still learn stuff every fall from guys, hunters. What, what are you using that for? Oh, why do you, oh, that's a cool trick. Yeah. So that, with that program, our Upland Training Course is a kind of a cool program that just, you know, we, we, all the lodging and meals and again, campfire and stories and BS is yeah. taken. It's a little bit like, uh, like I said, like what we do in the fall. So that's, like I said, opening weekend. And uh, that's kind of a cool little, like I said, kind of see what we do off for next 60 days, really. Yeah little glimpse into it that aspen regeneration that you can see out from the main road that's looking pretty good that's yeah that's uh, how many years ago was that cut do you know five years five so that's a five-year-old Sucks. stand don't hunt it <laughs> don't nobody hunts it nobody well, it's did. private but it's we uh i got permission i think we got uh, that's where we do a lot of our puppy training <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah it's kind of fun to uh you know we're gonna take rose out and, and bust some hopefully bust a couple girls yep. and woodcock back there today but you know, when you got habitat, you got birds, and, and yep. this is a little microcosm of what people can do. Right on a forty, we got one hundred and sixty here, but if you have a forty, eighty, two forty, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that people can create it, and that's one of the things. Like I said, we try to do with this upland training that a lot of people do have a little bit of acreage, even twenty acres, you can make some habitat. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then, like I said, and learn, learn I mean, hunting county land or public land, and. Yep. Just, just learn. You can always. That's the one thing about upland hunting is you can always keep learning. Yeah, yeah. It's a long, long process and a long evolution. Really, I would say I've spent enough time walking around the grounds out here. That would be 
for somebody looking to build their confidence or you really start from scratch if you were at that point the habitat that you've done here the work that you've done with shep and abc yep. and everybody to like you can go and point out some of these aspen stands and the and you have swamps here too you have basically all the things that you would want to be paying attention to in the woods you've got them here on the property so you can show people and people see them here you will go out onto the public land around yeah, here and you'll exactly. find that and, and i'm not i don't stuff. want to take any credit for it i mean <laughs> i'm smart enough to know what i'm good at right and I mean, I have the app that helped me identify an oak tree on my phone. Yeah. But like you said, Kevin <laughs> Shepard, my buddy who helps me guide, uh, he's a hell of a forester and he works for ABC. And there's a lot of good people. Yeah. That a lot of good people out there that Kevin that are passionate about about habitat and upland birds all over the country. And just you know, if you do have some property, whatever, get in contact with. Don't try to do it yourself without consulting somebody exactly like have yeah. somebody give yeah. you a plan because yeah. you know kevin came in and, and said we got it. here's a plan and and it was a five-year plan we cut some here and we did some shearing here and now we were on a, a good five to eight year rotation and we've it's like you said it's an hour walk on the property but you'll see every different age class yeah. here yep. and that's what these birds need so yeah yeah very cool well we definitely uh, are going to transition into the meat of our conversation today, which is going to be shotguns, which I'm excited to talk about, but I, I didn't want to uh, overlook the Pine Ridge goings on and the activities that we got upcoming. It's a, it's a fun place. I I'm lucky enough to Jerry invites me over here and I get to spend at least a few weekends here every year. And it's a good, good place to be. And something I really appreciate. I mean, ever since I got to know you five, six years ago. Has it been that long already? <laughs> yeah, like 2015. Well, I actually. Still think, I still think you're a young buck. I still, yeah, yeah. I remember God, when he's I. He's got two kids now and married. You're not supposed <laughs> to say that. That hasn't been that has been announced. I got the second one on the way. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> well, now the Project Upland listeners know. There so. you go. Not that send I can. All your, send all your gifts to Lacey and Nick. Yeah, yep. The uh, <laughs> August August 27th, my son will become a big brother. So the Perfect. Project Upland audience knows now. Why are you beat red now, Nick? You just, You're blushing, man. You embarrass me in front of my audience, Jerry, <laughs> even though we're not live. There you go. No, but it's more than hunting season here, you know, and that's that's it. Like the people that you bring in here for various things, whether it's woodcock banding or training camps or NAVDA stuff, there's, oh, there's dog a, training. Yeah, we do a lot of dog, dog training. training. There's too. a lot of intersections here from people that what's the one thing they all have in common? They all love this stuff. Yep. And this is kind of a gathering place for those people. And I've met a lot of people or met them here that I, you know, I already knew them and I meet them here. And I mean, friendships are, are built here and partnerships are built here, which is, which is very cool. Kind of like a beauty salon. Yeah. Yeah. Sort or a of. barber shop. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. we got the nerd, the, the biology nerds and the right. forest geeks <laughs> and the wannabe geeks that have a real job and, yeah. and talk about it and spend their money on it. And <laughs> it's kind of, that's kind of how I look at it. It's kind of a melting pot of yeah. All things, uh, a lot of different walks of life come through here, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Really, is cool. I'm something I'm proud of that we have such a diversity of people that all love the one thing that come here. So. Yeah. So along with all that stuff, obviously shotguns go hand in hand with a lot of it, especially during our favorite time of year in the fall. Shotguns are not not new to you, and I'm sure we probably covered this a little bit when I had you on a couple of years ago, talking the Jerry Havel story a little bit more. Tell me a brief history about your history with shotguns in the gun market, the okay. gun industry. You know, it, was, it uh, started really young. My uh, my father was a sales rep and uh, back a long time ago. And so I kind of grew up in the business. Yep. And then uh, 
got married and had a kid or two and and got into it with a rep group based out of Chicago. And my kind of core job was uh, uh, representing Remington. Yep. And uh, did that for a while and did a little did a little stint sales rep being federal. And then um, we bought our own business and we did uh, a lot of outdoor-related products. Uh, you know, we sold Cabela's and Shields and all those guys and then had a little health issue where I couldn't travel anymore for my job yep. and uh literally couldn't hunt for three years because i was in out of the hospital and i came back and told brenda hey i think we should start a grouse camp and and lo and behold that's how we got to the grouse camp yeah so but i do have a, a strong background obviously in guns growing up in it right as a, as a son of a sales guy and then then doing it for you know 15 years and then having our own sales and marketing company doing in the outdoor world business so yeah that's kind of the background, and it kind of all goes hand in hand. Right, so. and then you got busy with Pine Ridge, and that's been keeping you busy yep. ever since then. Shotguns have, you know, back burner well, a little bit. Well, you know, but... the, the cool thing about Pine Ridge is we've had some unbelievable guns come through. Right, right. Yep. And uh, you've been here for a couple gun shows where we've had some yeah. one-of-one Parkers and a custom-built, you know, set of peyotes. And, I mean, he's had some cool stuff, and, and that's the neat thing about upland sports upland hunting is everybody everybody's gun is unique to them and that's kind of the cool thing about it so yeah. and so to bridge to where we're at now about the upland gun company yeah walk me into it walk you into it um you know basically my partner and i dan uh who's been in the business for 40 years and he had a bunch of gun companies and had his own rep group out of chicago and that's how him and i met you know 25 years ago in michigan okay. when i lived in michigan yep. and you met dan yep and he brought me into a project with the Spanish company to kind of reinvent, uh, reinvent the brand a little bit. And we kind of got a business plan together, a marketing plan. And, uh, you know, just he, the, the company just didn't, didn't feel it was a good fit for them. And so Dan and I are sitting there looking at this, all this work we did. And we go, you know what? We're a bunch of dummies. This could work. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times we said that. So that was kind of how Upland Gun Company was literally born. Yeah, is is we've been working on this probably for about four years, yeah. uh, not knowing it for the first two, but we kind of had everything in place to sure. reinvent reinvent this brand, and uh, yeah, and and then that's kind of how it was born. So that, that's kind of how we got here today. Right. So then you and Dan are you're ready to just basically do something on your own. So you're moving ahead with Upland Gun Company. Yep. About two years ago. About two years ago, yeah. right. And now, but now you need, you guys aren't going to build the guns. You need somebody to build the guns. So tell me how that. So we we uh, we were in Germany at the EWA show. Okay. And uh, we just kind of kept looking around and, you know, we're looking for opportunities and talking to people. And for some reason, this one gun booth was always busy, always had people lined up. Uh, it wasn't a big booth, but it always had people and it. it was a lot of activity in it. Yep. And so we kept walking by and we tried to talk to somebody. And so we were at, we were with a vendor there so we could stay after the hours of the show and stuff. And so yep. we went there after hours and looked at the guns and liked the look and liked the feel. And, and then we tried the last day of the show, we finally, it was kind of slowing down. So we went into this booth called RFM and we just started talking to them and they did not have, I have very poor Italian. Dan has zero Italian, and they had adequate English. Okay. But it came to the point, and I, I know they thought we were crazy, and I think I said, if Dan and I come see you in Drew, or this, this summer. In Italy. In Italy. Yeah. Would you 
take us, would you invite us into your factory? Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. And I guarantee you they thought, oh, my God, who are these stupid, crazy? <laughs> I mean, we're kind of like Abbott and Costello, you know. <laughs> you know, who are these two guys, you know, trying their Italian on us? And so anyway, and we, we talked to a couple other companies when yeah. we were over there. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we got back, we kind of did our research a little bit and, and looked at the opportunities and benefits and, and pitfalls, so to speak. And, and, and it made it a little easier for us because my youngest daughter – was going to university in Rome and can speak fluent Italian. And so that was kind of a big deal for us because we didn't want to hire a translator or, yeah. you know, you hear horror stories that, you know, you, you, and I've seen it with other businesses I've been in is that they're talking in their language and laughing at you. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, and so we, we were kind of, we kind of thought, oh, we'd be pretty good having Olivia there. Yeah. So Brenda and I and Dan's wife, Carla, and then we had Olivia, we went up there and just sat and literally spent four days up there just talking to them and uh, with RFM. And, uh, and we were like a kid in a candy shop the first two days. You know, we were pretty excited so much that European culture is a lot different than American culture. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan and I tend to be, I don't want to say we love the gun business and we love it, but my wife just told a story to somebody. Brenda told a story to somebody that we're having lunch with them and we're in this nice little cafe. And when you have lunch in Italy, it's lunch. It's not business. And Dan and I are like elbows on the table. We're sitting there asking all these questions and, <laughs> and Livia could hear them talking saying, Oh, they got, you know, this is lunch. We don't talk. And Livia's like kicking me under the table. Hey, this is lunch. And so we've had, you know, well, again, it's been a good lesson of, uh, I don't know, civility or whatever. But so anyway, we went over there and spent, like I said, first two days, the kid in the candy store. And then we got a bunch of stuff ironed out and we designed a bunch of sample guns. Yeah. And, and basically that's kind of how we, we talked to a couple other companies when we were there, but just again, kept coming back to RFM. Uh, yeah time and time again and solidified our relationship when we were there and and i literally we literally talk to him every day now right so. Yep. so you've got the gun builder all right before we talk about the actual guns some of them sitting on the wall behind me i've, I've got to shoot a few of them carried one last fall what were you and i don't want to skip over this what were you and dan looking for because i don't know if that's clear obviously this is the product up and podcast we're talking about upland hunting but what was your vision what kind of guns were you wanting to find and build for the American market. So part of that is, is one being lifelong bird hunters, yeah, and two seeing seeing guns that have come through the camp last twelve fifteen years. You know there was a big big disparity where you've got. I mean we've had extremely well healed hunters carrying an entry level side by side gun, where we had you know a lot of old hand me down guns, which are great. I mean. Both are great, but there seemed to be a gap where, you know, a younger younger guy, uh, a couple kids, one on the way in August, yeah. that, you know, doesn't, you know, he wants something better than an entry-level gun. Yeah. And I, I think that all guns, every price point has a, has a purpose, um, but there was really nothing in that two to three, two to four range that a guy could get his hands on. And side-by-sides in particular are... Exactly, side-by-side. Like side. I mean, you that, can find 100 yeah. over-unders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'll, I'll go get back to the old runner thing a little bit too. Yeah. But, you know, you couldn't find anything in that neat little, that had a nice feel or had a little upgraded wood or yeah. had a 25 inch barrel if you're a serious woodcock guy or a 30 inch barrel if you're an out west guy. Um, 25 inch barrel if you're crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but, 
I mean, I go to a lot of gun shops. I mean, there's some nice gun shops around me here at the camp. And yeah. hey, what do you got for side by sides? Oh, I got one. Yeah. You know, yep. and it, and it, it's 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 a five hundred dollar gun. And but I think a lot of people were looking looking for more as as they got stronger or got better in the field hunting. They wanted more performance, more more less weight, more options. And so that's kind of what we 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 found in our research, even a couple of years before that, yeah. that there was this there was this gap. And um, that's kind of what we kind of came out and tried to use our little bit of our experience. And what was funny is all the guns that we designed, we redesigned after we got them because they were super cool, but. We needed to, again, fit, and it kind of gave us an opportunity to say, you know what, why should we reinvent the wheel when a guy like Nick can invent his own wheel? Right, yep, yep, yep. That makes sense? Yep. So that's kind of that's how it kind of progressed and, and got to. Yeah, so the customization piece, which I guess we could talk about it now because I think that's it's a key. Well, I, you know, I do want to say a little bit RFM, who yeah. we partnered up yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they've been around forever, and they've been building guns for a long time, and they're very well-known in Europe. They're very well-known in in the uh, skeet and the competitive shooting in Europe, Okay, and extremely well-known as stock makers. And so when we talk about the customization, like we're going to, yep. you know, the, the, they're very, very, very good stock makers. And again, these are proven platforms. These aren't platforms that have been around for a couple of weeks or a year or two that were drawn up on a right. AutoCAD machine. I mean, they, they've been around for 60 years and, and know what they're doing. And, and what really appealed to us is it's, it's still family run by, mm-hmm. by you know, Maria, Sissy, Katia, and Maury. I mean, it's family run just like, just like we are. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and it's, it's, again, it just kind of makes it real personal that we're not dealing, you know, with a big conglomerate at all. And then there is every, every one of these guns, there's a little piece of love and artistry in it. So that kind of makes it kind of cool. Yeah. Not to interrupt you, sorry. No, no, no worries. And and that's, I guess. That's a big part of it. Yeah, and I was driving towards that. You know, the people that are listening to this, this may very well be the first time they've ever heard of RFM. And that wouldn't be. Guarantee That you. wouldn't be unusual, you know. that's. But the point is, RFM has been making guns in Italy for, as you said, 60 years. Are you the first importer? So it's it's funny. We asked that they they have imported a very small amount okay. of guns into Canada. Okay, they were trying to work with somebody. I want to say in the eighties or nineties okay. out of Arizona, and they had a couple guns on order that they were getting ready to bring into the states. I, it's how I was told to me, and then he unexpectedly passed away, mm. and it kind of dropped. And I think I, I I think they're a small company that has a lot of potential. Yep. And like I said, it took somebody, a bunch of knuckleheads like us to show some interest in them. They yeah. show some interest in us and to give them an opportunity. And they gave us a great opportunity right. to, to, expose them to, to expose them to the American market. And everything kind of aligned for perfect timing. And, yeah. and yeah. like you said at best, you know, there's a big rise right now in, in side-by-sides. Yep. Um, a lot of people are getting into the category, which is great. Yep. And there's a lot of good options out there. It's just a matter of what option you want. And a lot of that, like I said, it's a big growth category and, and, a, and a fun one to boot. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it's getting more documented. There's been some articles on it recently from various publications that are – and guns coming to market, which I think is, you know, that's maybe the biggest validation piece about people. There's a demand for side-by-sides, yep. and, the, and the manufacturers are responding, Upland Gun Company included. The unique thing that about Upland Gun Company that I think will interest a lot of folks is that customization piece, which I want to talk about because – as you kind of alluded to, you are ordering these sample guns and you reach a point where a manufacturer has to decide, okay, 
what is the option, the look, the quality, and the aesthetic of a gun that I can build in a single variation that is going to appeal to the most people, yep. right? And that's a challenging thing for people to Remington, do. Remington, Browning, Mossberg, yep. Glock, Beretta, Fausti, everybody. Yeah. It's kind of been the American way, really. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's a little different in Europe, but yep. but you're exactly right. I mean, what can I have one or two configurations of that's going to give us the best return? Yeah. And that is where, you know, you and Dan made a conscious decision probably immediately. That's not what you wanted to do. You're not trying to compete with those guns. What you wanted to do was bring more options and more choice to the consumer, which is yep. what Output and Gun Company is doing. So. Talk to me about how somebody can build a gun with Upland Gun Company. You know, it, it's <laughs> really, it, it's, I, I've been asked that since we've been doing it. You guys have been taking a lot of phone calls and emails. Yeah, lately. but you know, it's really, I said, well, what do you want? Right. And right. what do you mean? I mean, they, 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 they stammer and then I stammer at them. <laughs> it's just literally, what do you want? Do you want, uh, do you want a 27-inch barrel? Do you, what stock do you want? Well, you mean I have an option? Well, yeah. Do, what, what foreign do you want? Yeah. Well, I, can you get my initials engraved? Yeah. Which, what do I, I mean, am I, am I, do I have to have IC mod for a fit? No. What do you, what do you want? Yep. And I think, you know, in our culture today that, that sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's, this is definitely not a cookie cutter approach. Right. And so uh, we did an over and under for a guy a couple days ago or last week. And he, he goes, I want a 16 gauge. 28-inch barrel, English stock, left-handed. I said, all right, yeah, we can do that. You're kidding me. And I just said, where can you go right now to find that gun on a shelf? Probably and nowhere. With an English stock, an overrunner with an English stock. Right, yeah. And that, you know, so again, that that's, and then, and then to take that whole process one step further is go get fitted. Yeah. Go get measured. Custom what do you mean? Yep. Well, Joel, you're, you're, you know what, you got, you're a big, strong guy. You've got more muscles than me. You're probably a little bit different fit. Not every gun's the same. Yep. So he went and got measured and fitted. And guess what? We're building him a custom stock on that over and under. Yep. So literally it's creating your own. I mean, really the sky's the limit. We, we talked earlier. Uh, we have a guy that, that is putting his picture of his dog on it yep. <laughs> with his initials. And he wants this scroll pattern. Yeah, we can do that. So, again, anything is possible. You know, it's really limited your imagination, you know. Right. You want to upgrade wood. Uh, you've been through the process. I send you a couple pictures of wood, mm -hmm. and you go, oh, my God, what do I pick? And you spend the weekend over a beer picking what wood do you like. You know, it's yep. you don't have that option when you go off the rack. Yeah. And, you know, these guns are, are made to last forever. These guns are made to pass, pass on the to your sons or daughters or your grandsons. And, and so that's kind of the neat thing about what we've stumbled into is that really it's your imagination can that, that can limit you. Yeah. So to try to parse out a little bit some of the avenues that people would find themselves in when buying a gun with Up and Gun Company, said, you know, when you ask somebody, you say, what do you want? Sometimes that the yeah. paradox of choice, right? Yep. It's almost too many choices, right? But if somebody goes to the website, they're going to see a couple of variations of side-by-sides. There's an over-under. The hammer gun is on there. Yep. So you've got a starting point. Yep. You have a starting point. And I, I know that from talking en enough to you, I know what you want people to know is if you see something on the website that seems to be a dead end or, or very specific, if you have a question, just ask. Well, that's, I mean, we're, this is, this is your, like I tell people when they come to Pine Ridge, this is your hunt. Yeah. 
And really the same goes for helping. This is your gun. So, you know, you're going to, let's say you're going to build a Zeus, a Z1. Yeah. And, that's, you know, that which starts. Is just to tell people that's your, that's that's your our starting point starting side point by side. Yep. You know, it starts at two grand. Yep. But you can add an English stock. You can add case hardened, double trigger, single trigger, yep. like we just said. But one of us is going to call you after we get that. Yep. And we're going to go through it. Two reasons. One, you might have fat fingers like me and hit 12 gauge when you wanted 28 gauge. Mm. So we want to make sure of that. But, you know, we want you to make sure that, again, this is, this is going to be part of your family, man, forever. And then we want to make it right. So one of us from the company will call you and literally go through your order. And, and you can ask those questions, you know, yep. hey, do I put a, uh, can I put a sharp tail grouse on the side or my initials or, hey, you know, I'm kind of a, and this, this gets to happen a lot. We have a lot of chucker hunters or quail guys and they're looking for something a little bit, bold, you know, in between. So we can kind of talk them through that with sure. some of our experience. Um, you know, what would be a good combination or, hey, we could do a two barrel set, yep. you know, a 1620, a 28. 2028 or whatever you know there's options on there as well but we'll go through the whole process with you to build that gun for you and and it's so far you know it seems to be i enjoy talking about it yeah (laughs) i mean i get to talk guns every day so it's awesome yeah and uh but really to help people out one thing i found and, and this might be odd or whatever but one thing that we found is a lot of people that are new to the sport can, can get intimidated by going to a gun store. Uh, and I, I used to have to do a lot of in-store promotions and, you know, there's a lot of know-it-alls and there's a lot of experts and, and they're good resources. Right. But if you don't have, you know, if, if you're a little intimidated by that and you're going to ask a guy a question, um, we talked about it earlier when we were talking before, you know, sometimes if you don't know, it's okay if you don't know. Yeah. And, and you can ask, you know, us the questions on the phone, yeah. you know, why I really, I've always shot 12 gauge, but why would I want to go to a 16 or 20? You know, if you're a new, if you're new to the, uh, new to the sport, you might not realize, you know, what are some of the benefits of a 16 versus a 12 or sure. a 20 over 28 or, you know, and that's something that we found that's kind of, kind of neat that people feel very comfortable talking to us yeah. and asking those questions over the phone or via an email and that we can kind of steer them in the right direction that best suit them for what they want to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I actually didn't think about that, but I think that gets talked about a lot. Sometimes you go to maybe a, not to just, you know, villainize the big box store, but you go no. to, a, you go to a big box store and you're very specifically thinking about a gun for upland bird hunting. You have no idea what the person behind the counter, what their interests or passions are. I get are. intimidated going to places. I right. mean, you just don't uh, know who you're going to talk to. You know, I, I get intimidated and I, I, I know enough to get me in trouble. And it's just like, you know, if I'm looking at a, a new rifle or an optic and you know, you got three or four other people around you and you got the clerk, right. let's go, let's go, let's go. And, and, uh, like I said, sometimes you're not going to ask that question. That's probably most, most crucial to the purchase. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of like gun fitting, what, why is gun fitting so important? I mean, yeah. it, it, it is gun fits a big deal. And, uh, you know, with our program, you can, you can get your gun fit to how you want it, you know, custom and Especially for a left-handed guy, there's not a lot of options mm-hmm. for a left-handed yep. shooter. But that's one thing we've kind of found as we've kind of rolled this out that uh, we did get one quail hunt out of it, so I'm kind of happy about that. So, <laughs> Got to get uh, anyway, yourself an invite. <laughs> yeah, well, we got one quail invite, but uh, um, didn't help. Yeah, it, it was awesome. But uh, like I said, so we'll, we'll help you through that process after we get your, your request, yeah. so to speak. And, 
And, you know, you might, we could talk about wood and, and why the benefits of case hardening or fixed chokes or choke tubes or beads and for, I mean, again, and it, and there's, there's no dumb question when you're building your, yeah when you're kind of building your legacy, like, like we've talked about building your own gun. Let's talk gun fitting and stock dimensions quickly because, and I'm, I'm going to take this point right now to mention that we will be courtesy of Upland Gun Company giving away a free gun fitting to one of the listeners of this podcast. There will be a link in the show notes for folks to go and enter. If you're interested in getting a gun fit and learning more about Upland Gun Company, you can do that. We're going to do that. But stock dimensions and custom gun fitting, I think it's getting talked about maybe more now. Maybe I'm just seeing it more. There's some articles on it. Uh, people are talking about getting, getting gun fit. A lot of people will say, you know, the gun that fits you is the one that you want, right? People will talk about gun fit in that way, but... That doesn't necessarily answer everybody's questions. And traditionally, if you were buying a gun off the rack, gun fit's not something, more and more guns have little adjustments, you know, that kind of stuff. But that's one of those decisions that you traditionally, you didn't have to make that. You didn't even have to think about stock dimensions because they chose it for you. Yep. But now with Upland Gun Company, every gun comes standard with the option to add exactly. your own custom dimensions. So are you getting a lot of people saying, well, what do I do? I've never been fit. You know, what's the process? So it, we do have a standard stock fit or, or all our guns are made with a certain, you know, length of pull and everything that that we we work with um, Field Sport, uh, Brian Belinsky, who is one, we, we, who's one of our dealers. Yep up there in Michigan, he said, hey, and he's been fitting guns for a long time. This is what you should be. But when they have that option, we explained, listen, gun, you know, if you're going to spend the money on anything, I mean, are you going to test drive a bicycle? You're going to, you know, you're going to fit the seat or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's probably a bad analogy. But, you know, if you're going to spend the money, let's just do it right. And so what we've done is we've kind of started a list of some good, certain gun fitters across the country that you can go schedule an appointment with and get fitted. And then once they fit them, we get the measurements, send them to Italy, and then they build your stock. Part of the program. Yep. We've got some really good gun fitters online. We've got one. We got actually two guys that we're going to contract with. To, if we were talking about flying them up to Denver to fit five guys, you know, you get a group of guys, we'll fly them up there to get fitted or have a measure and fit everybody. Yep. But, you know, y- y- you think about it, it's, it's you and I aren't the same. Women aren't the same. You know, we've talked about that uh, too. You know, we, yep. we should build a women's gun. And, and uh, Dan and I said, well, why should we build a women's gun? We're already offering a custom fit. Right. So why should we pigeonhole a new lady shooter with this dimension when, hey, go get fitted. We'll tell you where to go and we'll build your gun. Yeah. Why, why pigeonhole people? Or, um, but gun fit's a big deal because it does. It, it helps with performance. Uh, a gun fitter will help you teach you, you know, ba- the basic stance, basic, you know, talked about your eyes. You're, are you right eye dominant? Right, or, right. You know, it's funny what these guys can actually, a good, a good one like a Brian or a, a Jay Herbert or a Dale Tate, some of the guys that we're working with, what they can pick up on shooters. Right. But, yeah, you're, you're going to have more success if this gun's going to fit you. Yep. And that's just a big, I think it just, why not? If you're going to spend the money, let's do it. It is a big deal, and it kind of makes, I mean, this is, it's, it's what separate, you know, I, I see it up here. Guys that have too short of guns or the, the length of pull or the cast is way off, they don't have success. And if you're going to, you know, go on a big sharp tail hunt or a big chucker hunt or yep. come see me, I mean, you want to have some success. Yep. 
you know, and gun fits a big, big part of that. And, and like I said, we can kind of steer you in the right direction. Brian gave us some great measurements that fit most people. But again, if you want to take the time to do it right, spend a little extra money, uh, on, to get measured and then have your stock built to that, we can do that. Yeah. Is that, that yeah. Yeah, I think so. Good? Yeah. And I, I just wanted to talk about it because certainly the goal is not for gun fitting to be some barrier for you to go getting, you know, your gun at Upland Gun Company. If you have a gun, let's say, let's say this, because gun fitting has been so standard or people have been shooting stock dimensions for a long time. If you pick up a gun off the rack and you shoot that thing lights out, you could have a, you could do it yourself. There's ways to do it. You could do it yourself, or you could have somebody measure that gun exactly and come to you and say, yeah, "I want a gun built exactly." Had this. it happen. I already shoot it perfectly. A great know? a great analogy is, is a golfer. If you're going to be a serious golfer, I mean, that's your passion. Do you go to do you pick it up off the rack, or do you go to a guy and get fitted for your clubs? Yeah, no different. You're going to have more success with fitted clubs. You're going to have more success with a fitted gun. Right. And and you're and if you've got a gun that you shoot. Man, take it to a guy that can measure it. Because you know, and the the drop at heel might be a little different. Yep. You know, the cast off, cast on, the pitch, whatever. Yep. You know, those are all things that these guys can do, or a good a good gunsmith can help you with that too. But yep. you're right. Measure if you've got a old eight seventy, you just hammer them with. Measure it up. Yeah. Measure yeah. it up, and we make, can build make it. the replica. Yeah. And and again on the on the women's gun too, I think that's. You're in a unique position in that regard because you don't have to. You don't have to call out a specific women's gun. You just need. We have it already. You I need mean, people to know that we, every gun can be fit exactly to you. So we we talked about it and ta- we talked about it with with uh, RFM. I yeah. mean, you know, what are we doing? And, and then we find, what you knuckleheads. I mean, you've already got it. I mean, we're we're offering that right now, and yeah. it's a great example. And and you shot the gun. Yeah. Is is my wife's gun, Brenda? It's a little shorter. It's 26-inch barrels. It fits her perfectly. She goes out and shoots clay targets like there's no tomorrow. She killed a bunch of woodcock with it. She's never had a fitted gun. She's right. always had Jerry's old 20-gauge Parker or... With a mile of drop. With a, with a <laughs> bolt loader drop or, or Parker's LC... Or uh, Parker's yeah. got an old uh, Sterling Worth. He's got an old Parker. Again, that's a stomp. And But now she's... you know, And you know what happens? She would always go hunting with me. But I don't want to carry a gun because it didn't fit or the weight. Sure. Well, guess what? Now we got her a custom-fitted gun. Does she love her RFM? And she loves it. And she, <laughs> she yeah, and I get, she gets mad when I let people shoot it. But, I said, <laughs> but, but now she's got something that weighs, yeah. you know, five and a half pounds, yep. that, that swings, that's balanced, that the stock is for her, and it's her gun. And, again, it made all the difference in the world. Now we have a happy marriage. Because she goes out shooting and hunting with me. <laughs> you bought her a gun. <laughs> I bought her a gun. Yeah. But but you're right. For 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 a lady just you know, for a lady getting into it or a woman that that again it, is trying to find, you know, she might be thin, she might be whatever. Yeah. This is an opportunity to get her her own her own gun. Not a woman's gun, not a man's gun, her own gun. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And not to like I said, not to specify you're right, we we've already got it. Why do we have to create something when we already got it? Right. Yep. And Furthermore, when it comes to aesthetics, you know, we won't go down every avenue here, but we're hitting the nail on the head as far as you're designing this gun. So whatever their personal preferences for engraving or lack thereof, colors, all that stuff, you we, get to pick We have it. gone through the gamut of a, a gentleman in Louisiana who I know listens to your podcast. Cool. Who uh, called me up and he's got a 16-gauge man and he called it the death look. And I go, what? I've never no, heard that. The, the 
the funeral edition. Funeral edition. That's yeah. what it was. Remember? Yes. Yeah, I think I told you about you that. You did. And it's just it's it's matte black, baby. Blacked out. Blacked out. And I thought, <laughs> man, that looks cool. And all he's got is the, is the little initials on the blacking. And and then we've got somebody that uh, that's got we're, we're taking a little bit of the Minerva, which is the hammer gun and the gold ring, and we're adding their initials. And we've got a woodcock grouse and uh, I think a sharp tail underneath, mm. and it's decked out and. And uh, we've got some deep scroll on some case hardening. And yep. so really, yeah, that, that's kind of the neat thing is you can really personalize this out how you want it. And we're, we're, we're working on getting the, some of the engraving options up on the website. Yeah. Um, a lot of that will happen after you submit a quote and you want to, after you build your gun and that gets to us, we can talk about that. Uh, part of that is has been influenced by COVID, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But we got to get over there, get pictures of what they can do, yeah. instead of a photocopy sheet. But we're we're limping along a little bit, but we can do pretty much anything. It's really neat to see what people like to do. Yeah, and you you mentioned it earlier, but that goes as far as you know, putting somebody's a picture of their dog, basically translating that into engraving and putting it on a gun. You know, we're putting uh, we're doing a, a series of guns. For a father, son, grandson. Legacy their, series. Leg, yeah, with their name, the family name underneath, each family member's birth date on the long trigger guard. Wow. With a grouse and a woodcock, and they're doing a 16, 20, and a 28 gauge. Uh, no all way. pretty similar dimensions. Um, and like I said, a legacy series type gun that. That's cool. That, that you know, and, and uh, the, again, that's, we're limited by our own lack of creativity. Sure. And, and and so when this guy was designing this, it was kind of like I want I, you know, I want to, I want my grandson to you know he's going to get these two guns eventually and got the birth dates on there and and they love to grouse and woodcock hunt and like I said the name in gold and it's just it, it made it personal and they all got to pick their wood and and so it's going to be a neat a neat program a neat piece and and again that's something that that uh, you can't you literally can't do that off the rack you know yep. consecutive serial numbers. You know, fun. It's just if you can't tell, it's I. I do. It's kind of fun to create these for people because yeah. I know, I know what it means to me to pass on a gun to my son. Right. And uh, it, it's just it's special, and and that's kind of what this is all about. Like I said, a family business and passing that to the next, you know, next generational hunter. Yeah. Very cool. So when folks do go to the website, we'll talk through that process a little bit. They go and they select again one of these sort of yep. baseline pathways. So we, You've, yep. got, you've got a couple different side-by-sides. There's an over-under, and there's the hammer gun. They click on that. Then there's a drop-down list. They walk through the features. They're picking the, the coin finisher, case coloring. You've got barrel length, chokes, all that stuff. Trigger, is, is, ejectors or extractors, yep. rib, chokes, grip type, stock butt option, forend, wood grade, um, what kind of bead, uh, side plate option, long trigger guard option, yep. lefty, initials, or, you know, and like I said, we've kind of scrubbed this a little bit to make it pretty easy. Yeah, it's we meant to be. Options. That's that's meant to be as all inclusive as you can without going down every rabbit hole. Exactly. And the point of it is, people go in there. You select the main features of the gun. You're not clicking buy or purchase or anything. No. You click build your gun. That's when it goes to you guys, and that's when they get a call from you or Dan. Yeah, and we just sit and talk about it. Says, hey, yeah. you know, hey Bob, appreciate it. Let's talk about this. Let's make sure, you know, or you know, let's make sure this is what you want. Yeah, you know, and if you got any questions, and, and again, go through it, and you know, like like somebody might have a question on like a Prince of Wales grip and yep. the difference, or why 
what are the benefits of an English stock versus a pistol grip? Yep. Barrel length is a big question. You know, what are the benefits, pros and cons to longer? You know, I mean, everybody's been ingrained at 28, 26. Yep. You know, but, you know, we, we had a guy do 27. Yep. Just because, you know what, he goes out west and he big, big upland hunter, big grouse hunter. Yeah. Split the difference. Um, so that we literally go through it step by step and, and, and build it with you. And then um, how, how we do you submit that quote? And then what we do once you once you agree that this is exactly what you want, we will send you some paperwork, send you an invoice for a deposit, yep. and then um, we start the gun in Italy. Uh, typically, it's a three to four months. With COVID, tend to be more four months, um, and we'll mention that just a little bit. And yeah. I think it's no surprise how COVID's messed everything up. Yep. Um, if you want to upgrade your wood, we will email you or text you pictures of. Five, six, sometimes ten different pictures of grade two, two, five, three, four, whatever, whatever. you want. Yep. Whatever wood you want, and you can pick what wood you got, and that's what you're going to have. Yeah. Uh, we usually have about a two to three week lag that you can get us your measurements. Okay. You know, so once you pay that deposit, the guns in production will help you get scheduled for uh, a gun fitting. Um, and then we get once we get those dimensions back, we start working on the stock. What's been kind of fun is that we get uh, periodically pictures of your gun being built through the process. Yeah. I think I've copied you on a couple of those from some other I've people. I've seen some, yeah. And it's just kind of neat. You know, it's yeah. just... You're, hey, not, you're not getting that in many places. No, and, and it's just kind of neat to, to see, all right, now the wood's done, and now we're going to case hardening. This is before and after, or, yeah. Yeah. you know, some of the engraving stuff is coming through the pike. So, And then the, the big feature, I think, to this is is once we get closer to your delivery date, we will contact you and basically say, where do you want your gun shipped? A lot of FFL holders have just gun transfer uh, programs that we will ship your gun from our place in Michigan, our warehouse in Michigan, to what's a gun store in Duluth? Puglisi's. We can ship it to Puglisi's. Yeah. You can go in there, fill out the paperwork with Puglisi's, and pick your gun up. Take it home, yeah. And take it yeah. home. 100% legal, 100% safe, and, and again, it, it's it's really that that simple. Yeah. So um, the the gun makes its way to the consumer one way or another. Yeah, and 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 you know all we need is, and we'll get it. One of uh, one of us will call you. And all we need is a copy of that Puglisi's FFL. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're good to go. You know, we have to have that on on file. Yep. Um, for the ATF, I will say we're like I said, COVID has put a, a damper on supply chain for everything. Yeah. Um, so that's why we say three to four. But once we work through this COVID world, we'll be back to about three months. I'm hoping probably next year. But right now it's three to four months. And, and again, that's strictly that kind of a COVID deal. Which, to give folks an idea, ordering a gun, basically a bespoke custom gun, and getting it in three or four months is way shorter of a timeline than you would be traditionally yep. with and you know i'm I'm referring to like you know if you're going to go buy a purdy which is obviously in another world <laughs> you know out of my world yeah six-figure gun kind of thing but again to buy your gun and get it within three months i mean that's yeah. that's that's a great and like turnaround. i said we're, we're going to be back there after covid yeah um you know we're having uh and it's probably no secret everybody knows about the ammo shortage yep um, and to go along with that, you and I have talked a little bit about it. There is a permit issue. Yeah. You know, everybody, ATF is backlogged and import permits are taking a long time. Yeah. 
um, and we were kind of waiting, waiting on one right now, and and we're not alone. I mean, I, I wish it, wish we were, but we're not. Everybody's right. having industry the same wide. Deal. You know, I mean, COVID. I mean, we were talking Nick in the in December that that the director of the proofing house in Italy came down with COVID. Right. Well. Right. Everybody, not just RFM, but everybody had guns within the system of the proofing house and they shut it down for a month. Yeah. You know, and so that month affects us on the back end. And, and uh, it's just, you know what, I think everybody's kind of, what do you do? You just shake your head and, and, and pray for the best and pray that we get out of this situation. But so like I said, we're, we're dealing with all that daily on that and, yeah. and we're getting through it. But once we cycle through the COVID thing, we'll be back to that three, three, three and a half, four months. Yeah. And you took some. You had guns here last fall. You took some preliminary orders, we, kind of your soft launch, and yep. those are those guns are. And I, you know, I've heard everybody's experiencing some of my other contacts in the industry. Those delays are everybody's. We'll try to buy that. some twenty gauge ammo right now. Yeah, and then it's amazing. But you got to stop into the store every day. And oh, you literally, <laughs> literally do. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the nice thing is, we, we're you know what? I'm glad to have this on the front end versus three years from now. Right, and we're getting it figured out. Yeah, I will say. We had 15, I think 15 guns here last fall. Yeah. And we, they were all 15 guns were in the woods every single day. You carried one, I know, out west. Yeah, I brought one to North Dakota. Yeah. Um, but we, we shot the heck out of them and they performed and held up. And, and so that was kind of, that felt good that we went through that. We didn't just go to the range and shoot some straightaways. We actually carried them in the woods yeah. and, and performed. Yep. And so we've, we've tested them, tried and true. But, uh, that's kind of how the process, I mean, it, it, it might sound a little bit complicated, but it, it, once you get to the website, we've tried to make it as simple as possible. Yeah. And it kind of flows pretty pretty good. And, and the good thing is, like I said, we'll, we'll follow up with you to make sure it's how you want your gun. Yeah, you're at a point where, again, this is you know a startup company. Yep. People, If people go to the website and they have questions... They can call. They're going to talk to the owners. They're going to talk yeah. to you and Dan, and you can answer. We might even call you on a Saturday afternoon or right. a Sunday morning. Trust me. We yeah. yeah. You know. So a couple other sort of not odds and ends, but things that people would want to know when buying buying a gun. I want to cover this before we kind of finish up with a few other things. But when it comes to repairs and servicing, yep. what, what would people, That was a big yeah. concern of ours. Yep. And before we literally did anything, we have a system in place that um, we have a warranty repair station up near Traverse City, Michigan okay. with CJB Gunsmithing, Carson Batchelder, who uh, I've known for years when I lived in Michigan, uh, worked with his dad, and then um, awesome gunsmith. When the guns are, they're literally, we've got, when they're white-gloved in Italy, and we import them in there, and he, he does a double check on them, and then we ship them out. So the, we have a warranty repair station uh, if need be here, he'll have a full inventory of parts up in Traverse City, Michigan. Okay. A two-year warranty on it, but again, super easy to get, get them up to him, and he, he's very good, and, and we're going to, once COVID gets over, we're going to get him over to Italy to work with some of the gunsmiths over there, but he's very, very capable and very, very good. Okay. And then we've talked a lot about custom guns, but I know there is an impetus for some inventory yep. of whether they're standard guns or just guns that you've brought in for people to see and look at there will be an inventory of guns that are ready to go yeah we're gonna have you know we're we're gonna have on our website updated probably weekly or more if need be but an uh, inventory position of some stuff that we think and i'll tell you exactly what's going to be 28 inch barrel right, in stock right. yeah probably a skeet ic or ic mod uh 28 
2016, yeah. pretty much standard stuff. Some of the stuff that you saw on our website, uh, we'll have a few minor little changes. Uh, the stock dimensions will be the same that we have listed. Standard. But yeah. we'll, we'll, if, you know, if you order by May 1st coming up, we probably get that gun to you by fall. Yeah. After that, uh, if you do a custom deal, well, like I said, um, if, you, if you're in no hurry, we can get it to you as soon as we can. But we'll have a bunch of guns in inventory as well that you can go on the website. We're not going to have a big dealer network, and we, we're not. We're, not, we're going to have a couple dealers, yeah. one being Franklin Gun Shop in, in near te- uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. Um, they're good friends of ours. They do a great job. Um, and then we're going to have Brian Belinsky up in Field Sport. Traverse City. Uh, Traverse City, excuse yep. me. Yep. Both Franklin and Field Sport will in- be inventory guns. Yep. Um, so you can go up there and, and, and talk to uh, Brian and, and Brian and Franklin and, and, and those guys. So they'll have a position on them as well. But like I said, we're going to be updating that every week. And we're going to try to get guns coming in different stages throughout the summer. So we'll have like a standard, you know, like, like a 28-gauge Zeus for, as it sits on the website for two grand. Sure, yep. You know, which is a rocking price for a 28-gauge. Yeah. You know. Do Fieldsport and Franklin have, do they have guns right now? They will literally probably in the next two weeks. In the next two weeks, okay. So, yeah, or sooner. Okay. So both of them will have guns in the next two and weeks. I bring that up because what I wanted to ultimately get to was where could – no, these guns aren't everywhere. So No, know, they're, if, and they're if, not, they're if not if you, intended to be. Right. If you know somebody that has one, great. You can go check it out. But otherwise, you could go look at it at Field Sport, Franklin Guns, yep. in short order, Pine Ridge. If, somebody, Pine Ridge, if somebody's coming through here, you've got guns. If you're in the southeast – you know, uh, we'll hook you, go to Dan's farm, hang yeah. out. We've already okay. we've already sent a customer to his house to shoot. Yep. I had a guy here Saturday that wanted to come out, and he drove up from the cities or whatever. So, yeah, just get in contact with us. Yeah. But, yeah, we're, like I said, the permit process has kind of held us up a little bit. So, yep. But those two places will have guns here very, very shortly. Okay. And you did mention that if folks order a gun by May 1st. Now, this podcast we're recording today on March 22nd. It's going to come out before the end of the month. Yep. Uh, so this will be out at the end of March. People have one month to take this all in, check out the website, call you and Dan, and order a gun if they are so inclined, and they can get that before hunting season, yep. ordering by May 1st. Otherwise, after that, it'll be as soon as you can, but yep. not sure. So Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on the gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen gun sales, and, and uh, yep. you know, it, it's uh, it's a good problem to have, but it's one that all of us have to, like I said, everybody. There's challenges. There's challenges, it. and when we're working through it, I just we're in a much better position than some of these bigger guys, I think, because yeah. <laughs> we're so new and small yeah. and low over it. What are some of the, as you've been talking to people, now you've kind of done more of an official launch with the website going up, and there's been some coverage on it. What are some of the questions you're getting from people that are calling? Some of the more common questions that folks have for you. You, you know, the biggest thing is, like we talked about earlier, is fit. I okay. mean, what's the benefit of getting fitted? Yeah. Why would I want to do that? And then really just some talking through people with some of their questions. Yeah. You know, you know again, what, what, what's a, a quail hunter has a little bit different need than a grouse hunter. You know, and kind of going through that. But it, mostly it's been gun fit. What's funny is it... Uh, a lot of people aren't familiar with English stocks. Yeah. I, I thought, I, I find that kind of interesting. That's all I've ever shot. Yeah. But I've been an Upland guy. And, and, you know, again, a lot of a lot of manufacturers, like you said, it's 28-inch pistol grip, butt play, you know. Yeah. Yep. There's a standard deal. So what are the benefits and, and some of those type of questions? Choke, we get a little bit, you know, choke tubes sure. versus fixed chokes. Yeah. 
Uh, another big one, believe it or not, I think is kind of interesting is ejectors versus extractors. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big extractor guy. Yep. A lot of guys like that ejectors and try to catch it. You know, there's pros and cons to both. I kind of like to not pick up stuff in yeah, the woods yeah. or yeah. accidentally forget it. But uh, yeah. case hardening a little bit, you know, with a engraving a lot. I know engraving people, yeah. a little bit, yeah. but uh, really, it's been it's, uh, why why should I get fitted? Gotcha. Spend a little extra money on a fitter, and and you know, like I said, it, it's uh, you know, this is this this is something you're going to have for your rest of your life. Yeah. And if you average the cost out over the rest of your life, it's pretty cheap. So might not do it right the first time and, and get fitted or whatever like yeah. that. But that's probably the biggest thing. We and we were noticing a lot of left-handed guys. Sure, yeah. that's been kind of running. They're about, underserved, really. You know, in the market. I, tell you, I bet you it's about out of every ten guns. I bet you thirty or three, three out of ten, thirty, forty percent are left-handed guys. <laughs> Because they can't, you just can't find an over and under or a side right. by side really left handed. You've taken, you know, what can traditionally be thought of as a limited choice of, you know, upland bird hunting specific guns, and then you need a left handed one. You're even more pigeonholed at yeah. that point, you know. So you know how many guys start? I mean, they they grow up they're left handed, but they shoot right handed guns. Yeah, shooting cast off gun. Wonder yeah. why they're not having much success in the woods or in the pheasant field or whatever. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of wrap up with uh, on the gun fit note. I I will say that I'm going to remind folks. Find this podcast on the projectupland.com website. There will be a link to enter for a free gun fitting facilitated by Upland Gun Company. Have you click on the link, maybe answer a question or two, put an email, and we'll get you in touch with Jerry and Dan, and we'll figure out the gun fit deal. But even beyond the gun fitting as it relates to possibly buying an Upland Gun Company gun, never a bad idea to get with somebody like a Brian Belinsky with a gun fitter. Figure out where is your eye dominance and have them tell you the things about gun fitting that are important why you need your right or left eye in the right spot on a shotgun all that stuff is just kind of taking an assessment and giving you a little bit more confidence around your shooting you know it's kind of like anything if you want to if, if you're passionate about something learn more about it correct learn more about shooting learn that, more yep. about gun fit learn more about that's it grouse cover learn more about sharp tail cover and if it's something that you're truly passionate about you want to be successful at it yeah and uh like I said, this is the greatest, I think, the greatest sport in the world up in bird hunting. But uh, and I'm I'm preaching to the choir here. But I know, I know. <laughs> but but it's good to see more people come in and, and ask the questions. Yeah. Like we're getting on the gun company, and and you're right. Go go, you know. And if people don't want to help you, there's somebody. Ask the next guy because somebody will help you, and they'll be happy to do that. UplandGunCompany.com. UplandGunCompany.com. All right, buddy. Cake, man. Should Loved we it. should we try to go find some grouse? I think we need to uh, get Miss Rose out and uh, run around a little bit. Sounds good. It's a beautiful day. That's Jerry Havel from Upland Gun Company and Pine Ridge Grouse Camp. That does it for this episode of the Project Up Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Project Upland Podcast. That does it for this episode of the show. A quick reminder that the Project Upland Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Eucanuba Sporting Dog, CZ USA, Garmin, Sage and Breaker, and Dakota 283. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe or follow the show in your podcast app. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Project Upland Podcast.
Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app. Join millions of other hunters who trust Onyx Hunt to find more game, discover new access, and hunt smarter. Onyx Hunt shows you nationwide public and private land boundaries. They've got topographic and 3D maps. You can track your route, location, and elevation profile. You can save maps for offline use and take Onyx Hunt with you wherever you go. The most comprehensive hunting tool you'll own Download the Onyx Hunt app today and use the promo code BSP20 to save 20% on your next Onyx Hunt subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. Hey everyone, this is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.